Good evening from Southeast Asia. This will be episode or volume number 22. Yeah, 22 of the Southeast Asia Chronicle podcast tape recording things. And uh, our purpose here is to uh, help you figure out if you're ready to leave the matrix in a Western country and change it out for another matrix. <laughs> no, actually, actually, that's not true. Um, you come to a Southeast Asian country, <clears throat> there will be some degree of a matrix, and it'll be a totally different matrix than anything you've ever experienced. But it will not be so much of a matrix. It will not be the completely 101% fake switch your change your facade life you've got in the Western country, it will not be that. It'll be much more real and down to earth. Um, there's a downside to that. That means that you've got to wake up. you got to pick up your feet. you got to watch what the hell you're doing. You're not going to be taken care of. You're not going to have your little hand held every inch of the way. Uh, and you might miss that. Some guys do. Some guys embrace it. I embrace it. I mean, I spent years in uh, Canada and Alaska where there was no government, essentially, where I was. And you just learn. You're living free. And you do what you have to do. And you live how you have to live. And you are careful. Um, some guys can't do that. Some people can't do that. They, they get out of the matrix up there in a Western country. And they soon realize, man, life out here <laughs> in the real world is kind of cold and kind of scary. And it can be, but it's real. It's called reality. You know, suck it up. Okay, so if you decide you want to try it, we're going to help you decide where you might try it first. And uh, can you afford to try it? Lots of guys dream of it. Lots of guys would fit here probably really, really well. But they can't afford to even get here, let alone stay here. Uh, it used to be if you could get here, plane ticket, you know, you get here, then you're pretty much good to go. You know, you could live on pretty much anything you wanted, or anything you could live on. Uh, some guys came here, they didn't have any money to live on. They didn't have anything. They didn't have a dollar, didn't have a bot, didn't have a peso. But they would find a girl who would take care of them. And you can't do that anymore. Because the matrix is building itself more and more and more and more throughout Southeast Asia and all around the world. I see it all around the world. Um, the matrix, you know, slowly but inexorably is building its little grid, 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 like that everywhere. Through every society, every culture. The matrix is taken over. Um, it is replacing humanity. I call it a brain disease. I think it is. See, the woke, politically correct brain disease. It's a disease. Okay, we're not going there now. That's, an, that's a whole other rant. <laughs> you want to see me fired up? Let's we'll start talking about woke bullshit. Okay, 
Anyway, all tapes, all recordings are copyright 2023 by stockphotosworldwide.com. You can go there to get these, or you can go to uh, retiresoutheastasia.com. So that's retiresoutheastasia.com. They'll take you straight to this page where all these things are. Or you can go to the RSS feeds. I don't know where they are. We just turned on the RSS on this uh, just a week ago, so I don't know who has picked them up yet. I, I see they're busily, busily downloading them from our main RSS feed site. So they're going somewhere. They're, they're getting disseminated somewhere around the world. Uh, those are audio only, no video. So, you know, if I make beautiful pictures in the background, you can't see them. But, um, whatever. Pictures aren't that beautiful. Well, some of them are, yeah. Um, now, we've been talking. We got way off track because everybody keeps writing in. After each episode, everybody keeps writing in all the questions. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, you weren't clear about this. Well, what did you mean about that? And so I had to go back and explain and explain and explain. and um, It's gotten pretty tedious. And uh, somewhere around 85% of everybody's question has to do with girls. I mean, because it's, you know, somewhere around 90, 95% of people who come to Thailand, for instance, are guys. Uh, more girls go to other countries. But in Thailand, which is where you could very well try first, well, Philippines too. There's more girls, there's more Western girls in the Philippines than, than in Thailand. But um, anyway, the guys... Majority of the questions are about the girls. I suppose the girls want to know about the girls, too. Uh, most of them aren't old enough to know about the girls in Southeast Asia. If they're 53, they're not old enough to know. Delicate little creatures that they are, you know. They think they're worldly. They've been around. They've seen shit. No, they ain't seen no shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> they haven't. They only think they have. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is, uh, for this for this episode 22, we are not going to talk about girls hardly at all. We're going to cover one particular subject. And it's a big, ugly, nasty subject. A really far bigger issue than you ever dreamed. And it's a bad thing. And so you're going to take this and you're going to stick it under your hat. With, along with all the other stuff that makes you wonder if you want to come to Southeast Asia. Um, I have rented houses or condos in most countries. It runs pretty much the same, regardless of the country. Um, you're going to get fucked. They don't have the laws. Even the countries that do have, have made kind of a stab at the laws for renters. They don't enforce them. There's no way to really enforce them. In America, whatever, whatever Western country, you get ready access to the courts. In America, they've got small claims court. It's a snap. You know, it's like $35. And you sue them. they got to show up. They can't send their attorney. It's great. I love it. I've won every small claims court case in America that I've ever filed. Probably 20 or 30. I had a lot of different businesses. Um, I was a landlord in the U.S. I was a good one. 
and I, I, I had trouble with renters. Jeez, I have trouble as a landlord. I have trouble as a tenant. I mean, it's, you're just going to get fucked either way. Okay, so if you have landed in Thailand or any other country, the Pai, the Phil, uh, Cambodia, Laos, I don't care. You're going to be in a hotel for a little while, and then you're going to, if you if you decide you're going to stay there, you're going to start thinking about, well, where can I live? Hotels suck. They really suck. Um, so you're going to start thinking about a house or a condo. Probably at first, not knowing the lay of the land, you're going to opt for a condo or an apartment. You know, it's interchangeable. Um... How are you going to do that? What are you going to do? How are you going to find a condo? Well, you can look on some really asinine rip-off place like Craigslist or something like that. You can go on Facebook. You can look at uh, real estate groups and things like that. Uh, those are just shark tanks. They're just full. Of, they're, they're just little bowls full of big sharks. And you drop your bait in there and they're, they're, they're just going to go crazy. Uh, you're going to be swamped and swarmed with offers of every kind. Um, first thing you're going to run into is real estate agents who are not really agents. You, you occasionally you run into that in, in the Western country, but not, not very often because they have these things called laws and they kind of sort of make a half-hearted attempt to enforce them. Uh, Southeast Asia, no, they don't. Anybody can be an agent. They can make up business cards. They can claim their licensed, registered, you know, here's my agency, you know, which is really their shitty 3,000 uh, peso a month room. That's their agency, you know. Um, and they're going to fuck you. If there's any possible way on earth, the agent themselves are going to fuck you. For whatever they can get, then they're going to disappear. Maybe the condo they're showing isn't, they, they don't even speak for it. Maybe they just got a key somewhere and they're showing it to you and they got some fake contracts. Um, so you, that's, that's really on the basic level of being scammed, you know, and, and all the countries are going to do that. You got to be really careful. Try to, try to find who is the actual owner. Try very, very hard to deal with the actual owner, not an agent. An agent will fuck you almost every single time. Forget the agents. Just forget them. Just run. 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 Have I had any good experiences with agents in any Southeast Asian country in 11 years? No. Not one. Not one. Have I had any good experiences with owners, direct owners, in any Southeast Asia country? Um, one time comes to mind. Two times. Well, sort of. One and a half times. Another half a time. Two times. Out of all the places I live, probably, I don't know, probably 15 places. So two times. And we're going to go through these. Um, 
Now, I mentioned my very first room in one of the earlier episodes. I told you about my very first room. The owner was a fat Australian piece of shit named Frank. Tried to outrageously fuck me over. Almost succeeded. In the end, he didn't. He didn't get a, He didn't get one bot. But he tried. Oh, God, he tried. He was a phalang. He was a Westerner. He was a white man. Um, I learned through all the years and all the rentals. Well, I, 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 I got to qualify this. I, I had about 15 rentals in Thailand. And a lot of times I had other rentals in other countries at the same time. So how many total? Probably the lower 20s. Rooms and condos and homes, whatever. Shops, whatever, whatever. Lower 20s, 22, 23, 24, something like that. So there's some fair body of experience, and, and I watched all my friends go through it, too. Same shit that I went through, or worse. Okay, so I went through the bullshit with, with Frank. Big, fat, sex-pat Frank. And uh, barely got my money back, got out of there. And then I went to a... God. I ended up with a guy... A new, uh, retired New York City real estate agent. And I thought, well, okay, this guy's going to know the score. He's going to know what you can do, what you can't do. You know, like that. Jewish guy. Name was Jay. And I rented one of his rooms. The room itself wasn't that bad. And the building itself wasn't that bad either. It had a nice pool. had a nice... It was okay. It wasn't bad. The problem there was twofold. <clears throat> um, one of the problems was the building was a sex pet building. Okay, there are buildings, especially in Thailand, well, it, everywhere, but maybe a little more so in Thailand, where sex pets get the idea that other sex pets live there. It's almost like pedophiles hanging out in the same building, you know. It's almost like that. Birds of a flock, flock, flock <laughs> together. Birds of, no, wait, birds of... <laughs> Birds of a feather flock together, but they <laughs> And they're birds of a feather, they are. Um, so all day and all night, this building was swimming in drunken old 75-year-old British ex-sex pets and their 16, 17, 18-year-old hooker girls, street girls, bar girls, whatever. All day, all day, 24-7, just running girls, running girls all the time. Um, these were a very bad classic girl. There were jobs available. They didn't want jobs. They wanted to fuck for money. Uh, Jesus. And that really began to wear on me. Um, I wasn't one of them, and, and it seems it seemed as though they could sense it, and they, and the guys in that building looked at me suspiciously, like I was the sex police or something. I never spoke to any of them, never said one word to any of them. But um, it was just an oddball. It was it was a it was a Twilight Zone kind of a. Um, group of people in there. And it was a really, really, really big building, so lots of them in there. 
I watched a situation one day. I watched it play out with my own two beady eyes from a distance of 100 feet. And this exemplified the mentality in that building and, and what went on in that building. Okay, here's the story. A guy was um, a guy was standing outside the building, a little ways out in the parking lot, in a little area where there weren't any cars, and he had about four or five friends with him. These were all older sex pets, and this one guy had his girl, quote unquote, friend, you know, the, the rental, whatever. I don't know what she was. Uh, she was standing there with him. They were, they were on their way somewhere, and he had gotten stuck talking to these other guys, and she, she didn't understand a word of it, hardly. And uh, she just standing there looking around, looking around, looking around, you know, just waiting, 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 waiting for it. And she was probably 16, 17. And you could tell that every once in a while she would catch a phrase or catch a word Somebody would speak and she'd turn and, and look at him like, oh yeah, I, I understood that, you know. And they weren't talking about anything especially important, just bullshit. And this guy, um, he was saying something totally innocuous. Not about the girl, not about anything at all. And she looked at him like, did, did I hear that? Yeah, I heard that right. And she turned around, so her back was to this circle of guys, and she bent over and pulled her pants down. Shorts, shorts. So this is, uh, you know, one o'clock in the afternoons, people all over the place, cars coming and going. And the guy, the boyfriend guy, he, he's, you know, late 60s. And he just, he got it pretty quickly. And he jumped over to her and he said, oh, no, 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 he's kind of laughing, you know, like, no, 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 you, you not understand correct, no, 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 I don't want you to do that now, you know, like that. And she just pulled, pulled her shorts back up and went back to looking around at the birds in the trees. Um, he had her so well trained that on command she would do anything he wanted. She was just a robot. And she had misunderstood something he had said. And uh, acted out the command, the command that she thought was being issued. And I suppose after that, you know, he was a little more careful with his phraseology and his speech when he's talking around other people. I don't know. Uh, but that was, I, when I saw that, I, I went, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's this building. Yeah, that's this building. That's what it is here. And I was about ready to leave by then anyway, but, um, geez, I, uh, I was, I didn't have a bank account at that point and I was carrying large sums of, uh, of money around. Uh, in those days it was really, really hard to get a bank account. And his condo was probably the only condo in the whole building that didn't have a safe. It was just absurd. And I kept bugging him, bugging him, bugging him, saying, Jay, I, I really need a safe. You know, I'm not going to carry around 5,000, 8,000 U.S., you know, 
places I go. You know, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I'm not going to put it under the mattress and, you know, really, I need a safe. And finally he relented and he came over with, uh, with his, uh, he, he was sixties something then. And his girlfriend was 20 or 20, I think she was 22. And, um, she followed him everywhere, you know, just the same as that little girl down there in the parking lot. And he said, okay, he had a little bag of tools and he had some little screws and shit. And he said, okay, um, I'm going to put a safe in for you. I said, okay. And he laid his stuff out and then he opened a, a clothing closet thing that was kind of semi-primitive in there. And he was going to bolt it to the false bottom of that. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's stupid. You know, one good yank in that bottom of that thing come right on out, you know. But, you know, I'd gotten him this far and it had taken me months to get him this far. So I figured, okay. And then I looked at the safe. It was a little tin thing. A uh, screwdriver could have popped the door. Probably six to ten dollars US for, that, for what he paid for that thing. It was absurd. But I figured, okay, I, I, you know, I, I'm probably on my way out of here anyway. And uh, just do it. Just put it in, you know. Just put it in and get the hell out. And so he commenced to trying to put it in. He didn't know how to put the bit in the drill to drill the holes. Um, I did that for him. He didn't know how to open the door of the little safe and mark the holes as to where he was going to drill. So I did that for him. Um, he drilled the holes. And then... He said, well, now, now, now what do I do? Now what do I do? And he's really nervous because girlfriend's looking at him like, you know, I, you know, I can do this. I'm 22 and I can do this. And I'm a girl and you're a fucking moron. And he starts looking to me for some kind of support. And I, I didn't hate him at that point. And I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll bail him out of this. And I'm very quietly, I told him every move to make. And the deal was he had to scoot the little, uh, clothing closet thing out from the wall so he could get behind it, underneath it. And then he had to put the safe in there, and he had to line up the holes, and then he had to drop the bolts down through the, the holes inside the safe. And he couldn't figure out any of that at all. He couldn't begin to figure that out. So I mostly did that for him, you know, still trying to show him how to do it so he would do it so girlfriend wouldn't dump his ass. Well, she wouldn't anyway because he had money. Um, turned out in the end she should have. Um, so he dropped the, he dropped the bolts, four bolts, dropped them down, you know, opened the door of the safe, dropped them down through the holes. Okay, the safe is sitting there, but it's not bolted down at all. And then, so he gets some nuts and he reaches around in the back underneath and he finds one, one bolt and he's trying to thread the nut onto the bolt. Well, the the bolt itself is just turning inside the safe, you know. I said, no, 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 Jay, look, 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 look. It's just turning, you know. you got to hold the top of it, you know. Oh, okay, thank you. And uh, and I said, before you do that, you know, you, did you get some washers? Yeah, I got some washers. Okay. Jeez, uh, God. So put the washers on there. We've got all the nuts and bolts done and tightened down and stood back and he turned to his girlfriend and he said, see, I told you I could do it. 
And she just rolled her eyes, looked at me. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so that's part of what you're going to deal with with, with landlords in, in these Southeast Asian countries, even the Yanks. The, the indigenous people are going to be much worse, much worse, far, far worse than that. They cannot do anything at all. They cannot do one thing. They cannot change the light bulb. I mean that literally. The, the phalangs, the Western guys, maybe can change the light bulb. That's maybe, maybe you got to show them, you know. You know, how many guys does it take to change the light bulb, you know? So, shortly after that, I gave him notice, moved out. And I wanted to get away from him. But of course he had this amazing deal across town. It was uh, a nice one bedroom. It was all crappy, but it, the layout was just really sweet, really nice. It had a nice, well, it had an okay view. It was in a really good position in the building, end of the hall, corner unit, you know, like that. Nobody living around it. Uh, pretty much the same price. And it was not a sex pet building. It was kind of a sort of normal building. A lot of, lot of uh, phalangs in there, but it wasn't like that other one. It wasn't like a house of dolls, you know. Man. And so I said, okay, let's do six months. Okay. I'll try it out six months. And after about three months, it became apparent that the, well, it, it was on an entertainment soy. So it was loud. And I knew that going in. That's fine. That's okay. Close the window. Um, but there was one bar, one bar in the soy that was ten times louder than every other bar. All the ceramic bars hated this bar because their customers couldn't even hear themselves. They couldn't even have a conversation in their bar, maybe 60, 80, maybe 100 feet away. And they were pissed. And they were always over at this one bar threatening this guy. Saying, look, you, you've got to turn this down. You've got to. We cannot keep our customers. We don't have any customers. Look around your bar. You don't have one we have two. We'd like to keep those two, you know? Can you grasp this? And in his rotten British accent, now nah, fuck you, get out, get out, you know. I wish I could do that accent. It's a, it's a particular British accent. And the Brits, I have no doubt, the real Brits, I'm positive they know what accent I'm talking about. And I wish, I don't even know the name of it. People have told me and I've forgotten it. It's a particular British accent. It denotes that you come from the bottom of the septic tank in England. And that's the accent this guy had. Anyway, his his bar was so loud that you, from about 6.30 p.m. on, um, you couldn't watch your own TV. You couldn't talk on your own phone. Um, you couldn't talk to each other sitting on the couch. You couldn't do anything. Sleep was absolutely out of the question. And he would run until four, five, six in the morning. Uh, there was just no way you could deal with it. You just couldn't. And so I went to Jay and, and explained it to him. And he came over a couple of times. And he said, oh, God, you're right. You know, that's really, that's really, really, really over the top. And uh, he said, well, what can he do? Because he wants to keep me as a renter. I said, okay, okay. 
you got to put in double pane glass. Now, I don't know if that'll help it. I don't know if that'll cure it. I don't know if that'll mute it down to the point where where this room is livable. Um, if you want to be more sure, put in triple pane. Because the, the, the whole front of this condo, two, two rooms, well, let's say three rooms, this condo faced that soy right where this bar was. So you had to do the whole front of the condo. You couldn't do just one room. Uh, and there was probably a total of six, six or seven big, big sliding windows. Um, and so that was the conversation we had. I said, look, if you, if you want me to even try this for longer, you're going to have to mute that noise down. Double pane might maybe do it. Triple pane has a better chance of doing it, you know, and I, I just explained this in the minutest detail to him. Ah, geez. So, he thought about for a while, he thought about for another month, because he's a cheap son of a bitch. He wouldn't fix anything. He just, everything that broke in there, I had to fix it. Everything that broke in there, I had to fix it. I remember the washing machine quit one day, and he came over to fix it. And the uh, he turned it outside. The little water pump was translucent plastic, like a, like a Tupperware of plastic, kind of only only much thicker. And you could see that there was a coin trapped in the little water pump. Uh, silverish, uh, you know, old-looking kind of coin. And all you had to do was pop about four or five screws, pop the bottom of the water pump off, take that coin out, put it back on, and then see if it worked, which it probably probably would. Um, but he saw that coin. I pointed it out to him, and he saw the coin. And instantly he's on my ass, swearing, accusatory. Did you put that coin in there? Did you put that coin in there? Did you do that? Did Why did you do that? Why did you put that coin in there? And he's getting more and more wound up. And I was right on the point of telling him, get out. Just get the hell out. You're a rude son of a bitch. Get out. Just get the hell out. I'll fix it myself. Get out. You know, I was right at that point. And his girlfriend was there thinking probably the same thing. Just a jackass. And uh, so he couldn't get the water pump off because he apparently never held a screwdriver in his life. And he, So I did that. Popped it open. There's the coin. It's a thousand years old. You know, it's 30% worn away. It had been in there since the day he probably that he bought that stupid machine. And I held it up and I said, now, Jay, do you think I did this? Well, I don't know. It looks kind of old, doesn't it? You know, that's the kind of flaming jackass he was. So we put that back together and it worked fine. Didn't need any parts, didn't need anything. Um, but back to these windows. Um, he finally decided, okay, because <clears throat> he realized he couldn't rent it to anybody else until he solved this problem. Um, the Brit son of a bitch bar owner down there had been there for years and was going to be there for another years. And there was no, all the other bars had tried to shut him down, shut him up, and he wouldn't. And, you know, there's just no point. There's nothing you could do. There's no noise laws enforceable in Thailand. Try it. Get there. Try it. See what happens. Try it. I dare you. Try it. Try it. You'll end up with stories just like this. So, Jay goes to the um, 
to the hardware store, to the window store, and he buys a whole set of windows measured to fit the tracks. Whole set. Has them delivered. Guys carry them up. And it should have been a matter of just lifting the old ones out. You're not even a tool. Just lift the old ones out, lift the new ones in. Should have been it. And we started to do that. Oops, lo and behold, the track styles were completely different. And I was like, Jay, did you not check these? Did you not take some pictures? Well, yeah, I did, but, um, you know, um, they, they look kind of the same and, uh, and, and it was a really, really good deal on these windows, you know. I just, I couldn't pass them up. I had to buy them. Uh, Jay, okay, okay. Take them back. Get a refund. Get the right windows. And he tried. And in Thailand, there are virtually no refunds. They virtually don't exist. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. Most countries, Southeast Asia, is like that. Philippines is a little better in the richer areas, not out in the provinces. Sales a sale, a deal is a deal. Don't come back. And they don't realize that, okay, you won't. You know, they don't get that part of it. So anyway, he went back, took all the windows back, and no refund. And the guy says, well, you know, I, I do have this whole frame. I have this whole frame set. Uh, you know, it's kind of sort of the same size as the old ones, you know, but they'll fit the windows. Look, look, they slide right back and forth. Well, it turns out these were some Morphodite off-brand windows and frames that wouldn't fit anything else, only their brand. Uh, and that's why the deal was so good. The guy knew that. He probably had never been able to sell them, and he wanted to get them the hell out of there. So that's why Jay got the good deal. So anyway, then Jay had to buy all new frames. All new frames. He's already got the windows. He can't get rid of them. So he's got to buy all new frames. So he did. Probably got raped on that because the, the guy knew he had to have those frames and no other frames. You know, I'm sure he got screwed on that. And, and in fact, he told me the price once. It was absurd. It was absurd. Thousands of dollars. Tie prices. I mean, USD, but, you know. Um, so he gets all that crap up there. We had to move all the furniture over to other parts of other rooms. And he brought in a crew of four guys, four tie guys. And all of the frames that had been there since the building was built, you know, probably 20, 30 years, uh, these are all concrete buildings. And so everything's, uh, you know, embedded into the concrete. And it is not easily coming out. So... Jeez. It took these guys, four guys, it took them over a week to get all the windows out. And they wouldn't take out one, replace it, take out one, replace it. No, they, they all had to come out. So then we've got the whole, the whole side of this condo is just gaping open to the weather. So the air, air cones aren't going to work. And, uh, you know, when it rains, the rain's going to come in and... Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So over a week, maybe 10 days to get these windows out. Because they, you know, they work like tortoises, you know, when they work at all. You know, you'd go and you'd come back and they're sleeping and 
you'd go and you'd come back and they weren't there at all. You know, you'd go and you'd come back and they're sitting, eating and they're having a talk and, you know. And when they do work, they work just so, like a sloth. You know, you know what a sloth is? They're like a sloth. And they screw up everything they touch. Maybe they need to install 10 screws. And the box of screws is on the clear on the other side of the condo. So they walk over and they get one screw. And they walk back to the window and it takes them 10 minutes to screw that thing in, you know. And then they've got to walk to the other end of the condo and get another screw, you know. And that, everything they do, that's how they work. I don't know why. I, I have theories, you know. I'm not going to go there now. So anyway, it took them maybe as much as 10 days to get all these windows out. Um, and then began the process of putting the new ones in. And that took the same amount of time. Uh, they had to grind down all of the concrete to get the, the new ones to fit. Um, broken off screws everywhere. They had to grind those off. And that was a horrible ordeal for them because they didn't know how to do that. You know, that normally in the U.S. this would have been a good crew could do it in one day. Mediocre crew could do it in two days. But we finally got these things in after two weeks or a few days, a few days more, maybe, let's see, 14, maybe 16, 17 days, like that. And of course, all that time, then the, the bar noise down there is really bad, really wild, because there's no windows. So they get them all done, and they, you know, cleaned up as well as workers in Southeast Asia clean up. And they're done, they're gone. Jay paid him, paid him a huge amount of money. Huge. And I thought, well, okay, that's, that's, that's something, you know, Jay did this, so let's give him a, a fair shot at this, you know. Let's see how much this knocks down the noise and see if there's any possible way on earth I can live with it. You know, you don't have to sleep eight hours. You know, five is enough, right? Okay. Okay. So, um, first night, raucous, really loud, just as loud as it ever was. And I thought, what the hell? What the hell? What the hell? And uh, in the morning, I didn't really think about it. I thought, God, what the hell? What's going on here? Maybe last night was just overly loud, you know, something like that. Next night, same thing. Uh, and, and after those two nights, I called Jay and said, Jay, you need to come over. We need to talk. And so he bops in. He's all happy-go-lucky. Oh, really? Really fixed it for you, didn't I? Didn't I? Oh, man, am I a good landlord or what? You know, I said, Jay, there's no difference whatsoever. There's no difference at all. And so he's like, well, that, that can't be that. You're, you're making this up. You're lying to me. Why are you lying to me? You know, <sighs> Jesus. I, I had never been around Jewish people before. Uh, wow. What an education that was. Uh, and I said, okay, Jay, you know, about nine, 10 o'clock tonight, you come back and you listen to it. You tell me. So he did. He came back listening to it. And it's just as raucous as it ever was. Just, just no way anybody could sleep at all. There's no way. Turn the TV on up loud. You can't even hear it. You just hear some mumbling in the background with the rock and roll going on. And uh, 
said, Jay, I don't know what the hell is going on here, but the, 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 this has not helped at all. And I said, are these, did you get double or triple pain? And he's like, well, I, I don't know really. And he's kind of looking at the floor and I, and I knew that look by then. And I thought, oh God, oh God, oh God, what has he done? And I got a flashlight and got the angle just right so I could see through the glass to make sure I was in a position to count all the pains. Oh, they were single pain. He had jerked out single pain, replaced them with single pain. I said, Jay, why? why? Why did you do that? He said, well, they were really cheap. What can you even say to that, you know, outside of just punching him in the face? What can you even say to somebody that freaking stupid? And that's what it was. They were just sheer and rank stupidity. He was one of these guys that had a real habit of getting T-boned in intersections because he would run lights and stop signs. Uh, stupid. Just stupid is as stupid does. And I gave him notice on the spot. And a week or 10 days later, I had found a nice place and I started moving my stuff. Now, it so happened that I paid the electric bill uh, on the 1st. And then I moved out for three more days. I was moving all day, every day, staying at the other place. So no, no aircon running, no nothing. Now, normally the, the electric bill at that place would, would have been, um, I think at that time it was running like four or 5,000 baht. No, 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 it wasn't even that. It's like 35 to 3,800 baht per month. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, with aircon, with uh, one, two, three aircons going full time and cooking and everything, you know, TV 24-7 and whatever. Um, so for a month, so I figure a little more than uh, 100 baht a day, let's say 100 and whatever that calculates out to, you know, prorate it 30, you know, 30, 3,500 baht prorate by 30. So a little more than 100 baht a day for electric. And uh, I paid the electric, so it's done, fresh. And then I had three more days that I had to move out in, and I was moving, not in the condo, not staying there, not anything. And I got all moved out, done, paid to have it clean, professionally cleaned. I do that. I was a landlord before, and I, I can't leave shit like that. I do it. I really do it. Um... So it was ready. It was ready for his next sucker, you know, slash tenant, slash sucker, slash fool, you know. And he would lie to him and tell him, well, you know, there's a little bit of bar noise down there. Is that going to bother you? Oh, no, no. Okay, sign here, sign here. I, I'd like to have two years, please, you know. like that, That's that's how the next tenant was going to go. God. And... Uh, after I got moved out, a day or two later, he sent me a message saying, okay, 
the my share of the electric for the three days after the first was 2800 baht, which is just a, a tiny bit less than what it would have been for the month. Okay, so I had, you know, on, on top of his list of attributes like uh, dumbass, idiot, fool, obnoxious, arrogant, shit. On top of all that, I had to add scammer. Oh God, I didn't even reply to him. I just blocked him. You know, I, my, my share of it should have been maybe 300 bucks, maybe, maybe 300 bucks. Uh, you know, nine bucks, about like that. For the three days that I wasn't even there, probably more like half of that. But I would have, you know, just to get him gone, I would have been happy with 10 bucks, whatever. Um, and that was it. I blocked him. Never talked to him again. Saw him around a few times. I turned my head so he hopefully he wouldn't recognize me. They'd walk by with his girlfriend. And the girlfriend would look and smile. And she was always Kuwait friendly. Kuwait friendly. Overly, you know, hitting. Um, through the grapevine, I heard that he, well, he always boasted to me about how he cheated on her all the time, once a week. He had to go, had to go to the bar, get a, get a short time girl, you know. Just a sex pet. Just a miserable, stinking, foolish, old sex pet with lots of money. He owned, uh, I don't know, 20 or 30 properties around that area. Uh, and I never met any of his tenants who liked him. But anyway, um, she finally figured out what he was, I guess, I presume. Uh, and she demanded that he either buy six condos and put them in her name, or she was done, gone, she's out. And cheap sucker or smart sucker <laughs> that he was he wouldn't buy the condos and so she went and found some friend of his some german guy and had been fucking him for a while and then jay found out about that and uh, that was a big blow up and he said okay you can stay but don't do it again <laughs> and of course she didn't even slow down and a few months later uh the German guy came, took her to Germany, married her. Okay, so that was my last contact with Jay. All right, so I moved into a really nice condo. Really huge condo, really beautiful condo. It's really expensive by Thai standards. Um, it was marked at 50,000 baht. Um, got him down to 35. And that's another thing for you guys to remember. All rents in all Southeast Asian countries are highly negotiable. Do not pay face value. Do not ever do it. In America, pretty much you've got to pay face value. You know, maybe you could wiggle around a little tiny bit. But in Southeast Asia, you can wiggle around a lot. You know, maybe even 50%, maybe even more than that. Hit them with what you think 
you want to pay. If they say no, then you go up. You know, it's called haggling. Westerners don't like to do it. I don't like to do it, but I sure as hell learned to do it here. Now I do it all the time. It's just second nature. You just do it. You just do it. Um, don't be the Chinese, you know, that haggle over the price of a pack of gum in 7-Eleven, for God's sake. But So I moved into this, uh, this other really, really, really top-end condo. Uh, God, it cost me a lot of money to get in there. Several months deposit and on and on like that. And so I got in, got the contract, got in, got moved in, started putting stuff away, and then I started going around flicking on TVs. There was like a one, two, three, four, one, two, four, or five, I think five TVs. Um, and I went around flicking them on, not a single one worked. They were all just toast. They were all just crap. They didn't work. They were toast. And then I found all kinds of things that didn't work, like the spa out on the deck. That didn't work at all. And it just went on and on. And I ended up making this huge long list of things that should have worked that I should have checked, you know. But in a high-end room like that, you know, you think, well, you shouldn't have to check this stuff. And the guy... The, the the landlord, it was two guys, it was two British guys, father and son. Uh, the son had seemed okay to me. I had dealt with him a little bit, went out with him, messing around a few times. It seemed okay. He was a Brit, you know, but he didn't have that dumbass goddamn accent, whatever that accent is. I'll have to Google that thing, so maybe I can tell you what it is, and you can listen to some examples of it, and when you hear it, you just run the other way. You just get the hell away from him. Because they're the slobs of the earth. But anyway, these, these two guys um, seemed okay. They just seemed okay. So I, I was dealing with the sun in the beginning, and I made up this list of stuff like, well, you know, not a single TV works, and half the hot water heaters don't work, and this doesn't work, and the spa doesn't work, and, uh, you know, the light switches don't work, and uh, it was a long, long, long list. Washing machine doesn't work in one of the rooms, you know. Uh, God, it was terrible. Drains were plugged, you know, it just went on and on. And I, and I emailed that list over to this guy. And he wrote back with this fiery bullshit. He said, why would you lie? You liar, you piece of shit. You lie about everything. Really? Come and say that in person, you fucking piece of shit. Fucking Brit piece of shit. Come and say that in person. I'll move the furniture out of the way, motherfucker. Come on. Now. I'm waiting. Come now. And he wouldn't. Because Brits won't. Son of a bitch. I told him what I thought of him. And then I gave the, the list to his dad. His dad came over and tested everything. He's like, oh, geez. Oh, geez. I'm really sorry about this. I had no idea. My son's been managing this. Uh, I don't know what the hell, what the hell's going on. Uh, man, I will have everything in here fixed in about 72 hours. Don't you even think about it. And I'm really sorry this happened. And I just said, keep your goddamn son away from here because I'll hurt him. If he fucking shows up at this door, I'll fucking hurt him. I'll do my very fucking best to hurt him. Piece of shit. And he said, okay, got it, noted. 
and the son never heard from the son again. Um, I stayed in that place for a year. Um, I had to replace all kinds of appliances and stuff, but that was all in the contract that he had to pay for it. So it was, it was a pain in the ass. It was inconvenient, but you know, shit happens when you're dealing with nothing but Chinese appliances. They're all going to go out. Every single one of them, they're going to go out again and again and again and again and again. Yeah, they're cheap. Oh my God, they're cheap, but they're, you're lucky to get a few months out of them. Really, truly. You got to order stuff made in America, made in Japan, made in Germany, period. To some degree, Australia. Uh, and it's going to cost you a fortune to get them through customs because customs doesn't want you to buy any of that stuff. They only want you to buy Chinese, Chinese stuff because they get all these little wink wink deals with Chinese sellers. Oh, God. Okay, so in that place, I had a couple of very serious noise issues. Um, the staff, all girls, would have parties in the condo next door. These were like the penthouse condos. And the staff would have uh, parties in the condo next door with this old guy, about 70, old fat guy, another Brit. What, another Brit? And they would have like sex parties over there where everybody's thumping around and moaning and wailing. And as far as I ever knew, he was the only guy. He must have been one hell of a stud. I don't know. Or he had a lot of toys, one or the other. And we'd bang on the wall. You know, I, I, had, I had some girlfriends who would stay there sometimes with kids and stuff, and they didn't want to hear that shit. It was louder than, than the TV. And I would bang on the walls, and sometimes it would quiet down, sometimes it wouldn't. Um, one time it was really raucous and I went over there with my cell phone, held up my cell phone, got it recording. I was going to bang on his door, but it was actually cracked and I pushed it open and there they all were. And who was in the middle of it? The manager of the building, Thai, Thai lady. Just moaning and moaning and humping fast as she could. Okay, so that was about to get me out, and then we had a, a, a building adjacent to us um, that was a really tall building, and it was built like a chimney. It was a weird design. Some of the buildings, they're, they're open all through the center, all the way to the sky, and then um, if you stand in, on the ground floor in the center, you look up and you can see all the, all the condo doors open into that center area. And I don't know, I, whatever, you know, people like what they like, I don't know, whatever. Um, the problem was that it was a huge echo chamber and the building, the tenancy was really down as it often is in Thailand. Don't let them fool you. It's a renter's market. It's a really a renter's market. And so the, the uh, management of that building, the Thais, would bring in these uh, big karaoke setups every single night. And they would set them up in the center of this open area, this chimney, bottom of the chimney, in, this, in the center. And they would just blast out karaoke. 
Um, I never saw more. The most people I ever saw at the karaoke thing was one person singing, which I think the staff had hired. And then there was a mom and her little daughter. And they stood there for a few minutes. That was it. That's all there was. But it didn't matter because they had that music blasting. And it would go till 5, 6 in the morning. And the staff, I think they thought, Ties think that they can solve everything with louder, louder, louder. Kind of like Brits. <laughs> and uh, they thought that that would attract tenants, I guess, or something. Or, or make the tenants in the building so happy that they wouldn't leave, or something like that. But all it did was drive them out, because nobody could sleep. And I went over several times and talked to the Thai staff over there and said, look, you know, I, I live 80 yards from you and I cannot sleep. This is ridiculous. I know people living in your building. They hate you. Why are you doing this? Oh, no, everybody love it. Oh, yeah, we are very happy people here. Oh, fuck, how stupid do you think I am? And so those two things together combined with some other problems and uh, just made me bail. Contract was up. I left. The father, the actual owner, uh, a Brit with a real British accent, <laughs> uh, came over to do the final walkthrough, and he said he couldn't believe how clean it was. He'd never seen it that clean in all the years he had owned it, and he had the cash deposit in his pocket. Done deal. We shook hands. I wished him good luck. He wished me good luck. If you ever need a condo, you let me know. You can just walk in. Anything you want, you walk in. He said, okay, thanks. I'll remember that. About four or five months later, he was dead from cancer. So that was a, that was a good and a bad. You know, that was a mix. Um, that was a story of the two Brits, neither of which had that rotten accent. One was a really first-class good guy. The other was a really first-class piece of worthless fucking rotting puss shit. God damn it. I probably hated that feeling more than any other I ever met anywhere in Southeast Asia, I think. I can't think of any more I hated more than that. What a son of a bitch. Who the fucking fuck did he think he was? But you're going to run into those a lot. A lot. Because they know in Southeast Asia there's no laws. You can't touch them. There's nothing you can do. Either somebody, either landlord's going to be a good human being or they're not. And if they're not, you're fucked. There's nothing you can do. There's no way you're going to force them to be good. So really, you need to know them for about three or four or five months and go out with them and really get to know them before you rent from them, you know. Because they can make your life a goddamn living hell. Ideally, you never get into a lease that's more than three months until you've renewed it once or twice. And you, and you think, okay, now you, you see what all the problems are. Okay, I can stay here. No, I can't stay here, you know. Um, increasingly, they all want uh, first and last and deposit equal to two months rent. Well, that fucking horseshit. That's bullshit. I never asked for that one time in all the years I rented in the U.S. Uh, you give them one month and one deposit. If they don't like it, you fucking walk. 
And chances are they'll say, okay, okay. But if they won't say, okay, then you fucking walk. You get out of there because it's really rare you're going to get your deposit back ever. Really rare. Any of the countries. So you got two months deposit in there. So you're paying a thousand bucks a month. They got, they got two grand USD. And you move out, you leave it clean, you move out on time. And the deposit just isn't ever going to find its way to you. Nothing you can do. There's no small claims court. There's no nothing. You can't sue them, especially if they're Thai. It almost doesn't matter if they're Thai. If they have money, you can't sue them. Uh, Jesus Christ. I, I lived for a while in, the, in, a, in a little house with the, the German owner next door. I told you how that ended. I lost the deposit on that because there was a, a dust mark following a, a lamp cord along the wall. And I started to wipe it off with my thumb and he said, no, 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 must, must repaint entire condo. Mm. Okay. I moved into a uh, huge mansion. God, it was stunning. Big, huge white pillars in the front in a like five bedroom. Jeez, it was beautiful. Beautiful home. Hardwood and furnished and in a nice uh, village or subdivision. Beautiful in every way. Banana trees everywhere like that. Uh, there was a, a Chinese man and his son. The old man was just filthy rich, filthy rich. He, he had probably 15 homes just like that in that village. Uh, didn't have anybody in them. He just enjoyed building them. So it was full of his vacant homes with nobody living in there. I don't know if he tried to rent them out or not. I don't think he cared. He would stay a week in one, stay a week in another. You know, they were all within blocks of him. And he was a nice enough guy, and the son handled the transaction. He was a nice enough guy. We went along in that thing for a while, and, and it was the same old story. Uh, nothing had been maintained. Nothing worked correctly. I had to spend hours almost every day fixing stuff that broke because it was stupidly put together. Jesus, from wiring to plumbing to everything. Just crap. We stayed there for a while, and then uh, one day the, the, the water bill was probably 150 baht a month. So what is that? Three, four, five, like five dollars a month. And was, you know, sometimes 550, sometimes 450, like that, you know. And we had a lot of vegetation out and around it, and we watered that stuff all the time, palm trees and stuff like that. And uh, one month the electric bill comes, and it's like uh, eight or nine thousand baht. We said, oh, no, 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 mistake, mistake, mistake. We, we called the water company out and they tested the meter. No, it's accurate. And, and, and it was. It turned out it was. Um, so we went, went hunting, you know, where's the leak? Where's the leak? We're trying to track down their ridiculous plumbing piping system under the ground, under the concrete driveway, under the house. You know, it goes here, it goes there. There's no rhyme or reason to it at all. It's just spaghetti. And we couldn't find it. We went for several days and we couldn't find the problem. We could shut the 
we could shut the uh, the meter off and it would stop. Turn it back on, it's just spinning, you know. Couldn't find it. We just couldn't find anything. We called other people in. They couldn't find anything. We went well, like that for several days. And finally, the, the owner couldn't find it. The son couldn't find it. Their, their construction crew, because they owned some high-rises and they had a dedicated construction crew that worked for them 24-7, they couldn't find the leak. And we thought, oh my God, this is, well, you know, I, I don't care. You, this is your home. You know, you're going to have to find it because I'm not paying this. And they're like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you're paying this. This is your water bill. You're paying it. I said, okay, you find, you find me the leak and then you tell me somehow that's my fault. Okay, we did find it under the house, in the crawl space under the house. It was in the very center of the house. Um, what had happened was they had a piece of uh, half-inch PVC running under the house and then that length ended and they had a collar, the glued collar on and then on the other side of the collar they glued another piece of half-inch PVC and ran it to the rest of the way to, uh, well, to, to, to power all the plumbing in the house. That was the main pipe coming in. And that thing was broken wide open and just ran all the time, all the time, all the time, never stopped. And so we we called somebody in and they crawled under there and they, they fixed it. It was easy, you know, it's like a dollar fix. And uh, they brought out the parts. And the collar had been glued on to, to the one pipe properly, you know, in however far it goes, three quarters of an inch or something like that, or an inch, you know, whatever, like that, normal. The other piece of pipe, the connecting piece of pipe, had gone into the other side of the collar by no more than quarter of an inch. And that's how they glued it. Because that's what Southeast Asian workers do. And it had lasted for, I don't know, quite a few years, I suppose. And then it just chose that moment to break. Now, there's no way or sh no way, shape, or form on earth that that was our fault. There's no court in any land except Southeast Asia that would rule that our fault, that we were liable for that. There's not going to happen. It's so blatantly, clearly not our fault. But it was our fault. We had to pay the water bill and we had to pay the repair. Um, we had another deal in that house where the uh, they had these huge antique air conditioners, huge, monstrous things. You ever watch the old Bundy series? Remember that he, Al brought in that, <laughs> that air conditioner? It's really hot in Chicago, and the brand on it was Der Friesen Der Heine. <laughs> you know, it was like the size of a minivan or something. Well, that's what they had in this in this house. But they're cheap. Chinese brand. God. And I had a, a big work table there with a bunch of computers on it and all kinds of stuff and big uh, TV projector and just everything. It's just thousands of dollars worth of stuff on this table. And one day that air conditioner broke loose and fell down because it was rotten where, how they had, where they had mounted it in the ceiling and it fell down and destroyed 
I don't know, thousand, two thousand dollars worth of my stuff. Uh, clearly their fault. Clearly their fault. They wouldn't touch it. They wouldn't reimburse a bot. Now, in that case, luckily we had insurance and insurance paid up. It took them like five months, but, but they paid up amazingly. I never expected them to pay up, but they did. Uh, and I don't know if the insurance company went after the Chinese people after that or not. I, I have no idea. We, we would have never been privy to it. Uh, that entire stay in that home was like that. It never ended. Oh, I was in, uh, I was in the bathroom. I was in one of the bathrooms downstairs one night, about 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, and I just got done in the bathroom. I was just like reaching for the bathroom door to come out. And then I was going to go across this big tile room and then up these huge hardwood stairs up to my room and I go to bed. That was a plan. And I touched the door, touched the doorknob. And all of a sudden there's a giant earthquake. The whole house is shaken. <laughs> I thought, what the hell? I thought, well, maybe I don't want to be trapped in this bathroom. Maybe I should get outside or something. I didn't know what. I just was kind of panicky and I jerked open the door and started to run into this huge marble tiled floor room, huge room. Could have parked a car in it. Um, and I got halfway across it and, and it and it's cracking. The tiles are cracking under my feet. And I thought, oh my God, this is a pretty good earthquake. This, this is pretty, uh, this is a big one. You know, Thailand doesn't usually get earthquakes, but uh, this is a, this is a biggie. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe LA is sinking right at that moment too. You know, I didn't know. And I started to run across this floor and I got halfway through it. And all of a sudden I'm being thrown into the air. I'm being thrown into the air and landing on my ass. And there's this cacophony of grinding and smashing and breaking concrete. And it was really like the bowels of hell were opening up. And, and I thought, oh shit, oh shit, this, there's a sinkhole. Oh shit, the house is going down in a sinkhole. Oh son of a bitch, I'm not going to be in there. No, no, no. And I hit the front door and got outside into the, uh, onto the driveway. And all the neighbors had come out because they had heard it also. It must have been exactly like the house in Poltergeist, you know, crumbling, imploding in upon itself and then sinking down into the earth. That's exactly what it felt like. I'm serious. It's exactly. And, and the whole, the whole place is full of dust and it's, you know, blowing out through the windows. And it, holy son of a bitch. And pretty soon the whole neighborhood standing in our driveway looking horrified, like, oh, oh God, you, you got ghosts in there, you poor dumb bastards. Uh, you know, you got ghosts, you got ghosts, you got evil shit in there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And uh, there was a big TV on. And uh, so that was flickering through all the dust and that was making it look more like a poltergeist thing. And it, it kept crackling and snapping and shaking the whole house. It kept doing that for a long time. I'm thinking 30 seconds before, you know, like a bag of popcorn, it just slowed down more and more and more and more. And then it, and then it stopped. And everybody's standing there with their mouths open. 
<laughs> we're, we're thinking, well, I guess we'd, go, we'd be going to a hotel, you know. <laughs> and then the neighbors, they stepped up and they said, you know, uh, that happened to us a couple of years ago. I thought, what do you mean it happened to you? In this house? No, in our house. Next door. <laughs> they explained it. If you have these tiles, these ceramic tiles installed by a ship crew, which all the crews there are shit, if they don't install them correctly and you get a big, a big temperature um, contradiction between the ground and the, and the upper parts of the floor through the concrete, they will just do that. Um, they will build up so much stress in the tiles. Not that construction guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sure it happens everywhere in the world. But, uh, it, but in Thailand, it happens a lot because the installations are shit. And I expected them to try to make us pay for that. Just waiting for it. Just waiting for it. Never hit an old man, but could happen, you know. But they didn't. I don't know if they thought about it. Maybe they discussed it. I don't know. But they didn't. They, they brought in crews, took them three or four weeks of grinding. Uh, the dust destroyed half of the things we owned, the electronics. We didn't know the dust was going to be that bad. We didn't protect them. We didn't wrap them up in plastic bags and shit like that. We should have. We didn't know. Uh, and that was three or four weeks to replace all that. So the point is that the places you move into are going to be shit. They're going to be badly maintained. Everything installed in there is going to be of the lowest possible Chinese quality, which is below anything you can get in the U.S. The Chinese quality in Southeast Asia is below Chinese quality in the U.S. It's the worst crap on the face of the earth. So everything that's in your condo, in your house, it's going to be, it's going to fail and fail and fail and fail and fail. Just continuously. And the only, well, geez, I was going to say the, the only remedy is to pay a lot of money and import it from the U.S. or Germany or whatever. Um, but that's not the remedy either, because even things like PVC pipe under the house, it's still going to happen. So we had... Every day, every day, there were several things that I had to fix. Coming down the beautiful hardwood stairs, um, one of the stairs failed, slipped all the way to the bottom, screwed me up for about two weeks in bed for two weeks. Um, in the U.S., you'd sue them because the stair was installed improperly. In Southeast Asia, you suck it up, take lots and lots of ibuprofen. If you had anything planned, you not planned anymore for two weeks. It was about three weeks before I was really walking normally. Um, almost every switch in the place failed. Uh, half of the air conditioners failed. Probably the C1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, probably 9 or 10 air conditioners. 10, probably 10, 10, I think, air conditioners. Half of them failed. Um, the, I would look at what failed, if it was a small thing, 
I would pay for it. If it was a big thing like the motor or the compressor, no. The, the owners uh, would try to make me pay for it, and I'd just say, no. 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 And they hate angry people. They, they, they just hate angry people. They're scared of them. Well, it's good. I scared them, I hope. Jesus Christ. But we, uh, we moved out of there and got the deposit back. All of it. Amazing. But of course, we had paid tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of baht into making their home better for them. So they benefited very greatly from us being there. We brought in professional cleaners could clean the whole thing. You know, they were very happy. I think they were kind of disappointed that they couldn't walk around and, and do, the, do the, oh, I see dust, you know. They couldn't do that, and it probably pissed them off. They acted like they were disappointed that they just they just couldn't. They, they went from top to bottom in that house looking for something they could fault, and there was nothing. Because it was in far better shape than it was when we moved in, and far cleaner. So we got the deposit back on that. Uh, if it would have been me alone, probably not. But I had a tight girlfriend, and she was feisty. She wouldn't put up with any goddamn bullshit. She hated Chinese. They all do. Hate him. They'll be polite to him, but they hate him because they've dealt with him too many times. The arrogance and, and the bullshit, condescension, insults, and and this it didn't it didn't help the case that the son of this owner had insulted her quite a few times in Thai, and she would only tell me later she didn't want me to hit him. So it's a miracle that we got a refund on that deposit. Just a miracle. But like I said, if had I been alone, no, I don't think there's any way I would have got it. And the deposit on that place had been quite large also. Um, I moved into a double five-story shop house. Uh, Busy Soy. Commercial. Um, there were one, two businesses out in front, in our front area, when I moved in, and, and those went with uh, the rental, so I, I got to administrate them and collect the money from them. Um, now, this was a five-story, five floors. Uh, double shop house on a commercial big boulevard, hot commercial area. And the rent there was um, 600 a month. Uh, I can't even count how many bedrooms. Uh, God, I don't know. Probably like eight, something like that. One, two. Yeah, prob probably eight bedrooms, probably, f well, let's see, no. Probably seven bathrooms, something like that. Um, had to pay a huge deposit to get in there. Nothing worked. It took us uh, three months to get to get it to the point it was livable. Uh, 
it had been, the ground floor had been a motorcycle repair shop. Uh, so we painted the whole thing top to bottom. Did it well. Good, good work. Good paint, good work. So we basically brought that building back to life. And we continued to work on it for all the couple of years we were there. Um, two things put the kibosh on that. One was... There's a class of seller in Thailand, and I have not... Yeah, you see it a little bit in some other countries. Thailand is the biggest on it. These people, they get a, a pickup. And they fill it full of shit in the back. Probably got a canopy over it. And they put a couple of huge, the biggest ones they can afford, loudspeakers on the roof of their picket. And they hook it up to uh, some kind of a player and a microphone. And they record some inane sales pitch in Thai. And it loops, just repeats. And they play that through the loudspeakers endlessly. And it's so loud that, well, there, there's a few of them, probably 20% of them are somewhat polite. Uh, and they will just turn it up loud enough so the people in their area can hear it. And so they drive very slowly through these neighborhoods. So, and, and if you want whatever it is they're selling, you know, oranges or whatever the hell, papia, I know, God, papia. Uh, then you hear that thing coming. It's like the ice cream truck call. And you hear that thing coming, you run out there and you flag them down and you buy what you want. Oh, excuse me. It's a good system. Except that ties are tied with Filipinos for being loud and obnoxious. Rudely so. Their solution is to, to, to everything is to make it louder. If they're not selling enough uh, papia today, crank that baby up. 11, you know. And everybody just kind of grins and bear it, bears it, you know. You, 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 all conversation stops as they pass slowly, slowly by like a sloth. Um, and you just wait. You just wait. You're just quiet. You just look at each other. You're trying to talk about something important. You just look at each other and just wait. But then they'll stop in front of your place, right in front of your place. Turn it up a little louder, they get out and they go to lunch. Well, they're, they're not even there to consummate a sale. You know, they're not even in the fucking truck. But they're trying to attract customers for the hour that they're going to have lunch somewhere. And you don't know necessarily where they are. Um, so our neighborhood began to be popular with these. And it got more and more and more and more and more popular. And, it, and every week there was more of them. Started out one, and then there was two, and then there was ten, and then there was thirty, and then there was sixty. And sometimes uh, we would have five or six or seven of them parked on the curb in front of our building. In, in front of all, well, our, our building had the two food stalls out in front. And then in the whole row there, there was another six or seven or eight food food stalls, or maybe more, nine or ten, uh, that were between the other shop houses and the street. 
and, and those belong to other people. Um, so we would get five or six or seven of, of these pickups parked in front of all these food stalls. And they'd all cranked up their loudspeakers to compete with the other trucks because they wanted to be the loudest one. And they'd lock up the trucks and uh, go eat somewhere. They just walk away. Sometimes they get on a tuk-tuk, go, go to, go to the mall, whatever. And all business stopped. The, the people eating at the food stalls couldn't talk anymore. They couldn't even place orders because you, you, nobody could hear them and they couldn't hear the, the people and you couldn't make change because nobody could hear anybody. And you know, all commerce stopped because of these street sellers. And we, I mean, I'd been there a long time by then, and I knew you don't try to fight this shit. You don't. You cannot. You can't. Love it or leave it. You don't like it? Go home. Okay? That's what they'll tell you. But we were really established there by then. We had the two rental shops out in front. A girlfriend had two shops of her own out in front. Um, we had a lot of stuff going on there and we needed to conduct that business. And these people were so incredibly unspeakably arrogant and rude. Um, sometimes they would drive through like people's driveways out behind our shop. And they would just park in front of people's homes back there in the, in the little residential area. They'd park in front of people's homes and crank this goddamn loudspeakers up. Uh, once in a while, the ties would come out and tell them, please, 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 you know, please, 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 you know, our baby tried to sleep, you know. And they didn't give a rat's ass. They didn't care. It meant nothing to them. Uh, occasionally, some husband would come out and, and bark at them. Sometimes they'd move and sometimes they wouldn't. Uh, I didn't do any of that because I knew this way lies madness. So what I, when I finally, after, after six months of this, where they're just adding more and more and more and more and more to them all the time. After about six months, I started videotaping them just with the phone, the cell phone, because I knew this was going to come to some kind of a head because nobody could tolerate this. It was so over the top, nobody could tolerate it. Um, I hear the same complaints from guys living in Bangkok. They're, they're up on 40 or 50 or 60 floor. And uh, they got these food trucks down below that just blast this shit. And lots of them just go, you just got to leave the building. You got to find a building where that's not happening. Because you can't sleep, you can't watch TV, you can't do anything. That is the essence of Thailand. That is Thailand. That is everything in Thailand. Okay. This is a really, really, really big lesson for you. If you don't like that kind of thing, do not, do not go to Thailand. This kind of thing is probably up there around 60% of the reason I left Thailand. Majority of the reason I left Thailand was because of this loudness and this rudeness.
Jesus. So anyway, I started videotaping these guys, or, or women, or whatever. And they, they noticed it, and that was the idea. You know, I wanted them to start thinking, hey, oh, maybe, maybe we could turn it down a little bit, you know. And then many times I would very politely ask them, please, please, we can't even hear our customers. We can't even take our orders. Please, can you turn this down? And usually they just wouldn't, or they'd turn it up. And I got to the point many, many times of almost losing my temper. I didn't, but I almost did. I wanted to. I wanted to just go off on them, just go off on them. This is how shootings happen in America. This is, this is, this is one reason why they happen. It, part of it is the, the offense that they're creating, the, the loudness, and the other half of it is their attitude towards you if you politely ask them to stop committing that offense. So, finally, one of them, some punk tie piece of shit guy, he came and parked right below our bedroom window. There's nobody back there. There's nobody. Uh, and you, you knew this was going to happen. You know, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, that's why I was collecting all the video. I wanted to have a really good case when this came down to it. And I knew it was going to, because nobody could live like this. And so I, I just had reams and reams and reams and reams and reams of, of video on my phone of these people doing this. And the phone picks up the sound really well, so you can see... You know, other people are trying to talk five feet away from you and they can't because the loudspeakers just blast them out. Jesus, what rude pieces of shit. Um, in the old days, that was, they were not a problem. They kept it down to a reasonable level. There weren't very many of them. And it was just kind of like part of the charm of Thailand, you know? And it was handy and you'd go out there, you'd buy some oranges, you'd buy some uh, durian, you'd, whatever, you know, it was okay. Yeah, it was a little teensy, a little bit unpleasant. But maybe you wanted to use their services and they don't, they've gone in a minute. You know, they didn't park in front of anybody and, and, and turn it up and lock the truck and leave. You know, they just, they're, they're moving all the time. All you have to do is wait a minute, just a minute. You just wait a minute and they're gone. Um, and the other thing is that when customers came, a lot of times they would turn it down so they could hear their customers, you know. But as there got to be more and more and more of them, um, fewer and fewer of them got customers. So they just kept it cranked up more and more and more. Because there's no reason to turn it down. They didn't have any customers. They turned up louder the fewer customers they had because they wanted the, the people 10 soys over to hear them, you know. Three soys wasn't enough. They, they wanted the people across town to hear them. And you could hear these things for Freaking mile. God. And it just got worse and worse and worse. Period of about two years there, it just got worse. I don't even know what it is now. I haven't talked to anybody in that neighborhood since then. But anyway, one day, this little jackass, little short type piece of shit, and he parked right below our bedroom window early in the morning, turned that crap on. And I went out on the balcony. Every every floor that we had had a balcony in the front and in the back. So we, we were, you know, balcony poor. And I went out on the balcony. I was up, we slept on number three or four. Four, I think four. And um, I did a wide-angle video showing this guy down there. He's got his loudspeaker going. He's just sitting in the truck. 
And uh, I can see his hands on the wheel because I'm almost directly above him. And I can, and I panned around, showed him, look, there's no customers here in this area. There's nothing here. There's only one reason why this guy is here, and that's to annoy us. Because his friends had told him to come annoy us. And uh, so I videotaped this for like five minutes. I thought, oh, well, this is, this is good footage. This is good footage for the police. And uh, finally he gets out of his truck and he looks straight up at me because he knew, you know, we were up there. He was there to harass us. And he looked straight up to where I was and gave me some kind of a hand gesture. It wasn't the finger, or maybe it was, I can't remember. Some kind of a obscene hand gesture thing like, like, come on, motherfucker, come on down, let's, let's go. So I did. You know, I, I did. And I kept the, the phone running all the time. I was about halfway down. A girlfriend figured out what the hell I was doing. She's like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, no, 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 this is going to be bloody. And uh, she went to the window and started screaming at the guy. He said, she told him, run, run, this, this man will kill you. Run, now run, get out, get in your car, go. And he actually did. He got in his truck and he drove about 50 yards away. Then he parked it and he got out and he walked back. But by then, he had gotten on his phone and he had called all of his friends, all the other food vendors. And one by one by one, they were all showing up right then. So we ended up with probably 30 pickups surrounding and in front of our shop. And a girlfriend said, just, you know, I'm just calling the police because this is bullshit. So she called the police. They got there quickly, Thai police. Thai police can be good and bad. I've had more good experiences with them than most people, but I've had really, really bad ones. I've told you some of them. Uh, Thai police showed up and everybody started giving their side of the story. And a girlfriend, of course, was my advocate, could speak Thai. These people can't speak English at all. So they stood up, she stood out there and, and faced them down for about an hour. They're all screaming at her, yelling at her, we're going to get you and She's like, come on, come on. I've been fighting Muay Thai all my fucking life. You little bitch, come on, <laughs> you know, right now. Don't threaten, come on. And of course, nobody would touch her because they're not a brave people at all. And they, there's no such thing as fighting one-on-one -on -one with, a, with, with a Thai. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. They will never fight unless there's five to one, male or female, whatever, it doesn't matter. So anyway, the cops stood there and, and uh, patiently listened to all this. And, and finally, the cops asked them, they said, look, you know, we've been listening to you guys too, and you're too loud. You're just too loud. You're too loud. Everywhere you go, you're too loud. People tell us they don't like it. Are you going to quiet down? That's what the cops asked these little fuckheads. And uh, the Thai seller said, no, no, we're not going to. No, we like being loud, but... And the police said, okay, come on, we're going down to the station right now. We're going to the station right now. All of you, all of you, 30 of you, come on. So we had this huge caravan. And the police station was a couple of miles away. And we all trooped down to the police station and trooped in. And <clears throat> they had people waiting. And uh, they ranted and raved about what an asshole I was because I had videotaped them uh, doing bad things. And... I just sat there. A girlfriend told me to shut up, just shut up, wait for him to finish, just be quiet. And I did. 
And um, when they were done venting, the cops looked at me and they said, okay, what do you got to say? And I said, well, I've got a lot of videotape. You want to see it? Yes. So they started watching this videotape and they're walking around showing it to all the other cops. And uh, the cops sat back down, gave him my phone back. And everybody's quiet. And the cops said, look, you got to shut up. You're making too much noise. People don't like it. We've had other complaints. People don't like it. Shut the fuck up. And I thought, wow. <laughs> I was really surprised the Thai police would take that position. Uh, and they talked to me in very friendly tones. And they were talking really bad to the Thais, the Thai sellers. And the, and the cops said, okay, now we know what's going on. You're too loud. You're going to stop it. And we want you people to stand up and apologize to this fine. And the worst offenders, you and you and you and you, we want you to give him a hug. <laughs> so uh, they apologized, kind of sort of mumbling, grumbling. And then the ones that the cops had told them to give me a hug, they came over one at a time. Like, I got this thing I do. Um, when somebody whose guts I hate give me a hug, I'll pat them on the back. Only well, don't pat them on the back, I'll leave fucking marks. Wham! Wham! They're coughing up phlegm. And I said, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the hug, you know. Thank you. Like that. And they got red marks for fucking three days. But they can't show it because, they're, you know, they're, they got their pride, you know. They can't show that they'd hurt. Cops knew what the fuck I was doing. And uh, anyway, so we, we all trooped back. They all got in their vehicles. They left. Uh, and they were quiet for about two days, three days. And then they just started cranking it right back up again. And uh, we moved out. We were out of there in uh, one day. Well, we weren't out. We, were, we, we had moved out. We weren't living there. After 24 hours, we had to kick out all the restaurants, all of everything, all the businesses in front, just kicked them out. Um, there was more to the reason for us leaving. If not for the Thai vendors, we would have left for another reason. And I can see now we're not going to have time in this tape to do it, to finish this up. So that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. <laughs> um, we have backed down the Thai sellers. Cops backed them down. We backed them down. They were nice for about three days and then right back to their stupid Thai obnoxious, arrogant shit. But there was another reason exactly as important that we would have left for this other reason alone. So we had two things, two separate things, two independent things that 100% each were driving us out of this uh, shop house. And so that's where we're leaving it for now, and that's where we'll take it for a number, uh, whatever the hell, 20, I don't know, I forgot, 20, 
23, I think. Yeah, 23, I think. I don't know. Uh, and then we'll finish up, next episode, we'll finish up other bad things that can happen to you as a renter in Southeast Asia or as a buyer. My advice is do not buy. Do not, do not, do not buy. You can't own land in Thailand anyway. You gotta go through this convoluted corporate fucking thing that's not reliable. Well, it kind of sort of is, but it, maybe it's not. You know, you'll never know for sure. So you're scared to invest very much money. Um, you can own a condo and you can do some other things. You can own a house, but not the land it sits on. So you figure that one out. That's Thailand. Other countries are different. They're all whacked. There's no sure thing to owning land in any Southeast Asian country that I know of. I don't know of any place where it's just cut and dried and reliable and stable. Anyway, so in the next episode, we will we will finish up uh, why what, what the other reason was for moving out of the shop house, and then we'll go through the next rental and the next rental like that. And I'm trying to make you do some really serious, serious thinking about do you want to live in Southeast Asia? And if you do want to live there, what's what's the most safest and reliable and peaceful and stress-free way to live? So that's what we're going to do for next tape. Hopefully, no girls on that one either. I mean, they're going to they're going to creep back in here. You know, you can't get rid of them. You can't push them all into the sea. <laughs> Not that I'd want to, you know. I don't know. What the hell? If I was an evil emperor? Why not? Why not? No, I mean, no, you couldn't really do that, right? That would be... That would be really bad, right? God, life would, life would go on so much easier. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait. No, um, life would not go on at all. Oh, I forgot about that part. Oh, suck. Cats. You just get cats. You push all the women into the sea. All the guys get cats. And we just live out our lives until human race is extinct. Yeah, that's perfectly reasonable to me. Let's do that. Let's make that a plan. I mean, how many guys will go on board for that? Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, good evening and good camera. Night.